Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Tony LaRussa, should have stayed retired. My name is Nate Heininger, <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. Ben with another expert to- cat toss right out of the beginning of the episode. Man, I, I, <laughs> I said this off mic, but I, oh my goodness, she got into my other cat's food. My other cat has medicated food, and the farts today have <laughs> been rough. Oh my goodness, my eyes are burning. Yeah, you look, it looks, I can tell, you oh, look good. Um, thank you. What a good start to this episode. Well, on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the first place Cardinals, some updates from the injured list, uh, a little bit about some prospects and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke tweet us at talk about birds well hambone my boy how you doing today um i just got off a nine and a half hour car drive so i am uh both amped up and tired at the exact same time yeah uh how are things are going in your world well i, I i'd probably say better than yours um I, I did not have to sit in a car for a long time today so i think that alone is nice yeah um but i had a really uh exciting surprise that I it's super well timed. It happened like maybe 20 minutes ago, right before we got on mic. Oh, um, okay. And I haven't even told you about this. And this is this is really cool. So I think as we've talked about, you know, I'm getting married here. Oh, actually in exactly one month from uh, today, which is crazy. Um, and a good friend of mine, a good friend let of guess. ours. Uh, let me guess. Yeah. Albert Pujols is officiating your wedding. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is taking that series off, that weekend series with whoever, and he is he is coming to wow um, an undisclosed location. Yeah. Um. No. Uh. So that's happening. We're we're very excited, of course. Um. And a good friend, a mutual friend of ours of the pod, uh, Johnny, is in town uh, with his lovely girlfriend. And, uh, they rolled up to our, our house and I, had I just, uh, gotten in, I'd, I'd gotten home. I hopped in the shower. I like to shower with the window open. I look out and I see these two. No one walk- needs those details. <laughs> well, 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 hear me out. <laughs> okay. I, I look out, I see these two walking and they're carrying two seats in their hands. And they are, what I find out is our wedding gift from these two lovely, amazing people are Bush stadium two original seats. Um, wow. row 20 seats one and two and they set them in our backyard so i'm like i i scree i like let out some kind of you know some weird noise and you know quickly got out of the shower got dressed and everything like that and ran out and yeah they got two original seats from bush two for our wedding present um and i am unbelievably excited about it i will uh, i'll post it on the on the twitters yeah. or, or something when this drops but uh how awesome is that Wow, that that's incredible. And I'll say too, um, finally having that like gigantic window in your shower that faces out <laughs> to the street um is has has served uh some good. Except yeah. you know offsets all the <laughs> visits from the police and, and yeah. local zoning boards and whatnot. 
Um, I, I, I've been telling them it's fine. It's my right. (laughs) My property. Last (laughs) I checked, this is America. Um, so, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, this is the first time hearing of this. Um, I mean, where did they even, do you know where they got them? It's been a little while since Bush two was torn down. So it's apparently something they had for years. It was something that, uh, Johnny's dad, uh, was interested in, didn't have a spot for him. And then kind of Johnny had this thought of like, you know, who would really like this and who's has a reason to celebrate coming up and thought of me. And uh, he lives in Texas and he he just him and his girlfriend or uh, Rachel, they just drove up from Dallas and they've been kind of hitting hot spots on the way up and uh, drove it all the way up here and and, uh, and gave it to us. And I uh, that's awesome. Pretty, pretty cool. I I was really, really excited about that. And, uh, you know, something I'll have forever. Do you think you're going to keep them like outside in your sort of barbecue area? Or are you thinking like a basement or I don't know? Are these are new kitchen, kitchen table chairs. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, we have kind of like a, like a record center in the basement that maybe would be a good spot for him. I don't know. I've literally have owned them for about 20 minutes. Um, so yeah. I haven't thought that far, but uh, uh, yeah, they're definitely going to be prominently featured somehow, some way. Um, I don't know exactly. Maybe I'll just work when I work from home. Maybe I'll just sit in one just to kind of feel like I'm at a baseball game. Um, well, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Next time I come out there, um, I expect you to serve me nachos while I sit in them. I would absolutely do that. Um, but I'm going to make you purposely horrible nachos. I'm not even going to melt the cheese. Uh, jokes on you. There's no such thing as horrible nachos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not in my world. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Weird stance to take, but uh, I'm not <laughs> going to argue with you. Hey, I had some Detroit style pizza in Detroit uh, hey, this weekend. Everybody's talking about it. Are you a Are you a Detroit style pizza guy? Sure. Yeah, we got a couple of places in Denver that claim to do Detroit style. And uh, I think you know where I stand on this. All pizza is good pizza. Yeah. Um, so I'm here for it. Absolutely. Yeah, it was good. I, I really enjoy it. Um and, you know, we were going to the source, so I had to get some. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, you really you, you know, really drank from the tap there, hey? Well, we were there for family, but that to me was uh, objective number two. Objective yeah. number one was to uh, was, yeah, to just get right up at the at the nozzle of Detroit pizza and and, um, <laughs> you know, just gorge myself. It was wow. good. Well, that sounds like a great trip. <laughs> I will never recover. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we both had a good couple last couple <laughs> days. <laughs> oh, tab after dark. It's going yeah. off the rails quick. Yes. Well, let's get this. Uh, let's get this back on the rails. Yes. Um, we've got. Uh, we're back. We're back in in good Cardinal world. We we're, yeah. This pie, we're we're back in enjoying baseball. We're gonna forget a little bit about the series in Colorado, which I know you went to. Outcomes not great, but since then, no. uh, you know things have uh, felt a little better. You know, highlighted by the uh, the series win against Milwaukee, a crucial series, and. Uh, almost three games that middle game i really don't even i it was a controversial game as far as some decision making and whatnot but i think we're 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 so far past that at this point it's not too much worth it but that that or to uh to really dig in on the individual decisions that people were upset about but ultimately taking two of three against the the brewers 
you've got to be happy about it. And uh, yeah, I think that's, well, yeah, and, go on. I, I do want to, though, I, I want to hit on one like philosophical, like uh, a specific thing that I, I think people have problems with. Um, I think that you're kind of hinting at. And I will say that I am I am for this philosophical point of view, and that is when Ali believes that he has a game that he wants to win, um, he will go and do everything he can to win that game and figure it out tomorrow. And I really appreciate that mindset. I think that that's good. Um, you know, the idea of the thing, right? Like the game in front of you is always more valuable than future games. You don't know what could happen. Maybe, um, you know, Miles Michaelis will go nine innings tomorrow and you won't need the bullpen. I really like, I think that that is a good North star for managing. And I am, I support that. And you obviously question the manager, do whatever you want. But I think like if that is that, that is kind of his explanation. Then that's what his explanation was over that series that you're referencing and I just want to say I'm here for that. It makes all the sense to me. Um, and Ryan Helsley yeah. is really good. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, yeah, I think when you're managing that way, you are, in, generally speaking, you're likely increasing the decisions that you're making. You know, we saw a lot of um, pinch hitting, uh, pitcher changes, a lot of different things, and you know, when they when they work out, you look like a genius. And when they don't, uh, you look stupid. Right. And so the yeah. more moves you make, the more you open yourself up to those sorts of things. And uh, some moves didn't work out quite well Saturday night, but uh, it was still a tight game. And it's frustrating to lose a Adam Wainwright complete game. Um, but, you know, they had Corbin Burns, the, you know, outside of DeGrom, maybe the best pitcher in yeah. the NL or maybe Scherzer, but still one of the top three pitcher in, in the NL at the very least. Yeah. And so it's not like it was a, uh, a complete game from Wainwright against some, some scrub, you know, and once it gets to extra innings with the ghost runner, which I'm still spooked by, um, it's, are we not calling it the zombie? Is it zombie? Well, I think it makes a little more sense. Yeah, and it's always I've always heard it called Ghost Runner, which never really made sense to me too, because that was a thing from like, you know, playing in a backyard where you just yeah pr- pretend there's someone on there. Um, but either way, it's too spooky for me. Baseball, you know, <laughs> we're getting like we're getting close to October, which is the spookiest month, yeah. and you've got Ghost Runners or Zombie Runners or whatever. I'm I'm not ready for it. Next subject, please. I'm gonna be. I'm too I'm afraid. Blank. I have a blanket up to my up to my chin. Extra innings. Oh no. Ben just got mauled by his cat. This is a cat. This is a Mona heavy episode tonight. I need like a like a water pistol or something. I'm being attacked from all angles. That one I just got back claws right into my thigh. Um, but as a professional, I will keep my chin up and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was a disappointing outcome on Saturday, but ultimately two or three against the Brewers leaving that series with a, uh, you know, multi-game lead. Things are looking good so far, um, against the, the Rockies at home, which is a better place to play the Rockies. (laughs) Yes, it Uh, is (laughs) really anywhere outside of Colorado. Um, but you were at all three of those games, you know, so at least you got a show. 
It, it, there was a lot of hits. I mean, that's that's the thing that people don't talk about, I think, with Coors Field enough is that, yes, the ball does fly uh, higher there or further there. It's I think, you know, they've done endless studies and it's like five to 10 percent, depending on obviously other conditions. But really what happens when you go to a lot of games at Coors Field is that there are a billion hits to be had in front of the outfielders because of the size of that outfield and how you have to play it. And that's what happened to the Cardinals. So it was exciting um, in a way. Um, but uh, I, I much prefer the performance that is happening while we are recording right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the Cardinals are in first place and there are what? 47 games left. Um, and was it 25 against the, uh, some of the, bottom teams in the league, the pirates, the reds and the cubs. So we've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, but yeah, to be very clear, the Cardinals have the easiest, easiest remaining schedule of any national league team going forward. The only team that has an easier schedule in baseball is the Mariners. Um, both teams that are, are likely bound for the playoffs and yeah, it's 25 of those 47 games are against the pirates, reds and cubbies all teams that got worse after the trade deadline and all teams that were um, pretty bad to begin with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think like, you know, when you're just looking at the math there, that's about half of your games are against really bad teams. If you kind of, you know, maybe uh, stomp on the the throat of these uh, pirates, reds and cubbies and kind of play good baseball, like the Cardinals have been playing, I mean, there, it's it's not too hard to envision where the Cardinals are going to end up, and that's at the top of this division. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess to kind of uh, piggyback that statement, the Brewers are, are playing some of those teams as well, but they do have a series against the Yankees. They have some NL East series. They have some NL West series. They're, they're definitely uh, have a harder schedule um, as the, as it winds down with some, some Dodgers and, and some other tougher teams in there. So, you know, it, uh, we're, uh, how to phrase this. <laughs> we're an optimistic podcast. <laughs> we are. At an this, yeah. at this point, I don't want to, I don't want to say still too 47 much. games. There's still exactly. a lot of baseball left, but, um, you know, the, so far, and the sample size is getting larger and larger. The acquisitions of, Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana are exactly what this team needed. Um, yeah. In the game that's happening right now, Palante coming in in the sixth inning to support a starter who had an incredibly effective five and two thirds is such a different team than yeah. Palante having to be the one who goes first and getting as deep as he can before we then have to turn it over to whoever can get those middle innings. So, um, you know, so far so good since the all-star break. And I think you just sort of chalk up the Colorado series to it being a series in Colorado. And uh, that's how those games go sometimes. But yeah, so far it's looked really good. And I feel like there've been years in the past where the, where the, at least the narrative has been that the Cardinals play down against bad teams and play up against good teams. And that's not really been the case. I should have looked this up. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but but generally speaking, like the bulk of the Cardinals wins from this year are against these really bad teams. And uh, I, I think you should be confident barring any major setbacks or, or um, you know, unknowables like these 25 games against 
the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Reds, like you have to expect some good outcomes there. And with the lead already and the Brewers not looking great right now, which we're going to talk about in a minute, like, yeah, I think there's a reason. I'll put it this way. you know, We're not in the prediction business, but there's a reason why fan graphs and pretty much all of the um, prediction modeling, 538, so on, all have the Cardinals now as a clear favorite to win the Central. And yeah. that's because of current play as well as upcoming schedule, which is fun. It's exciting. This has been a weird season at times. The Cardinals have looked like one of the best Cardinal teams we've seen in the last five years. And then at times it's like this whole thing is collapsing and we're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, but Mazalek spun his little bow tie, you know, <laughs> and uh, pulled off some magic. And uh, here we are. So yeah, it feels and good. I, I, and it's funny because we've talked about that. We talked about this with Tara recently. We talked about this at the time of the trade deadline. It, it is like that because of the Juan Soto factor and all of the craziness that was this last year's trading deadline, there was this kind of lull of Moden do enough. Um, and I think that we were pretty good at, at saying what you just said is that those acquisitions have been great. Um, and it's exactly what the team needed the time they needed it. And that was a really, I, I kind of, I, or I think we kind of came to the conclusion together on this show that like the problem was the pitching and the pitching depth, the major league innings were just right. not happening and it can make a team look so unbelievably bad. Um, and I would, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I should say this out loud, but J.A. Happ and John Lester may have actually saved the team to a certain degree, obviously not to the degree that um, Quintana and Montgomery have done it. But we were at the point where we were just begging for major league innings. We, this, we were arguing for Dallas Keuchel acquisition, which is <laughs> yeah. clearly something that only uh, somebody in a, in a desperate situation would do. So when well, he's yeah. now on his what third bottom barrel team and he just keeps getting cut by teams that are bad. So. Yeah, I think he's about to break some record. I think if he gets picked up and dropped one more time, that is a record for a Cy Young pitcher, a person who has won the Cy Young to be dropped by a team four times in one season. Makes um, sense. Don't hold yeah. me to that, but I'm pretty sure that that is a record that he may break this year. Um, I I will say to repeat one of my concerns from the the episode last year or last year last week with with Tara is that like. I do think that Quintana and Montgomery were, or, you know, guys like them were exactly what this team needed to stabilize the regular season approach to, to winning games. Um, how this team stacks up against some of the top tier teams in the NL. Like, I still think, you know, we are, if we go into the playoffs, we'll be one of the like worst starting rotations in the playoffs. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, I think about the Royals of 2015 and 2016 and and even the the uh, the Cardinals themselves in, in some years that they've made the playoffs. You know, it's not the end of the world. You can still be successful in the playoffs, especially when you have a bullpen with guys like Helsley in it. Um, you know, and in, in, in a short series, you can go to them even sooner. But, uh, you know, I, I still think we even if we win the central, it's still going to be a, a real tough road to get against some of these um, elite right-handed pitchers that a lot of these teams have, um, which clearly the the elite right-handed pitchers is what the Cardinals really struggle against. Yeah. But I guess that's a 
that's a problem for future episodes. And right now, you know, the goal is to win the division and that's what's happening. I I do think a very valid question and there, there are many answers, which is probably the problem is who, who is starting your game one or game five or game seven or, or whatever pivotal game is, is it, you go with Michaelis, Michaelis, and you you switch to the bullpen as soon as things go awry. Do you go with Wayno? Yeah. Is Jack going to be healthy? And we'll talk about Jack here in a little bit. Um, I mean, that's a huge question, but yeah, I definitely well, prescribe got, to the we, idea of yeah. Let's we'll figure we that got out. Future when it comes. episodes, yeah, we need yeah. content for future episodes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so a couple things besides you know we've talked the macro about what's going well on the micro level. Um, Arenado, man, I know the story is uh, Goldschmidt and he's leading in all of these offensive categories. You know, I saw a like he while I don't think he's going to catch up on home runs, he is like on a triple crown watch right now. And it's the middle of August, which is truly incredible. Um, And so I still think he's the front runner for the MVP. But uh as of right now, Arenado leads him in Fangraphs war. Of course, a lot of that is buoyed by his just constant stellar defense, but it's also yeah. that's part of that matters, you know, yeah. and that that can matter in an MVP voting. Um, and so we're really seeing uh, in August, Arenado has been incredible. And well, I, I was tweeting yeah. about I was tweeting about this idea the other day, but Arenado is having the best year he's ever had. Um, mm-hmm. uh, d- his defense is going to eclipse what he's done. His offense has already eclipsed what he's done, um, including being on the Rockies because of the environment from St. Louis to Colorado. Um, right. Uh, we're like watching from a something park in- adjusted. You're saying exactly. from a park adjusted standpoint. Yeah, exactly. So unless he absolutely craters for these final 40 plus games, I mean, we're watching something that, that we're probably watching an Arenado career year. Um, I'm not saying that he can't repeat, but, it's hard to imagine him getting much better than this where everything, I mean, he's just been doing everything well. Um, and what's, you know, to, well, I was just going to be a little, little obnoxious, um, cause it's tab after dark. Well, and Um, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't think you have to alert us to win (laughs) that flip is being switched because I think it's always on, on, but please. Yeah. Thanks pal. Um, are, are, what, what's your, what's your panic level of, uh, Nolan opting out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't break my heart. All right. Um, I won't, I, we don't need to talk about this right now. We don't need to kick the beehive, but I wonder what he still, what, what's he have like four, 125 million or something yeah. like that left. Yeah. If he doesn't opt out, um, I, I could see if he, you know, if he ends this season at like eight war or something that he's like yeah. marching towards, maybe seven, seven and a half more realistically. Um, yeah, maybe someone out there offers him a, you know, five year, 30 AAV. Um, but I don't know. The market is real, <laughs> even for a guy of his talent, the market over the last several years has really changed for guys that are in their uh, early to mid thirties. Um, you know, the elite guys like he is are still getting paid, Yeah, but you're not seeing those, uh, 10 year, 
three hundred no, million no, no, dollars. No. You know, no, I think he'd get a, a Freddie Freeman plus deal somewhere a little over what Freddie Freeman just got from the Dodgers based on his age. But obviously, he is a uh, uh, at a not not a premium defensive position, but he is a premium defensive player. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of that talk went around with the Juan Soto thing when the Cardinals didn't sign or didn't trade for Soto. It was like, oh, well, now Arenado is going to opt out. Um, but I'm still pretty confident. I mean, he is a guy who wanted to play for the Cardinals well before the rumors even started. There were all those fun stories about him texting Adam Wainwright. Uh, mm-hmm. highlight reels saying, did you show these to Mo? Show these to Mo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, which is awesome, right? Like yeah. as a Cardinal fan, you're like, hell yeah. Like, I love that, you know? And um, I, I don't know. Also the there's no way, yeah. There's no way to view this without Cardinal colored glasses, you know? And so I don't think he will, especially if the Cardinals do win the central, like, I think he probably could get a slightly better contract on the uh, this offseason if he does opt out. Um, but I've gotten the sense from him that he's a guy that's more about, you know, he's got his money and he's more about competition. That's why he wanted out yeah. of the Rockies so much was because he wanted to compete. And if the Cardinals win the NL Central, you look at the Cardinal pipeline, you like to think that you're already on that team. Why go out and mix it up? And when you just don't know what teams are going to come calling, because the Cardinal, if he does, I, I think we can all agree that the Cardinals would not be in on the Arenado sweepstakes if he opts out. The Cardinals would probably I, I say, wonder. Yeah. I, I don't know. I they that's don't a really legitimate s- question. Yeah. They because, don't normally sign well, guys like that, you know, the the other than the extension to Goldschmidt, you know, that that is true. I would not be surprised if we see in the negotiating window before other teams can talk to him, um, even a, a, a reformatted uh, contract with the Cardinals and Arenado um, and maybe that, adding a couple couple of years with you yeah. know, 25 each or, or I'm just kind of spitballing right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. Um, that is a different thing, and that is an yeah. interesting idea. I could maybe see that where they restructure and say, like, you're a cardinal for life, or yeah. you know, something like that. And uh, you know, now we're gonna have you till their age 37 or 38 or whatever, sure. and we'll figure and 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 we'll go from there. Because um, you know, one thing I was thinking about too is Arenado was already has been on a Hall of Fame pace. But like this year, I think is like really cementing his, you know, future Hall of Fame track. And I could see the Cardinals, you know, having putting some value on on that. We've seen that a little bit from them. Um, yeah, I mean, wanting to, to with, not not to go totally off the rails on this conversation, but I I wonder is it time to start talking about extending Goldie again? I know there's time, but. Uh, I, I think yeah, he's still uh, got a couple of years. Still yeah. got a couple of years. I, uh, I I I think I just love these players so much. I just don't want to see well, them go. <laughs> turns out having two having a Hall of Fame first baseman and a Hall of Fame third baseman in the <laughs> like prime of their career. You know what, Ben? I'm going to say it. I love it too. It's great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And, um, this is er, what er, everyone in this year is what everyone envisioned. Like, what yeah. if Arenado and Goldschmidt were on the same team? And they were ha- and they both had 
career style years. Like it lifts yeah. an entire team because there are the Cardinals have one of the better offenses in all of baseball. And it's almost exclusively because <laughs> of those two guys, because it, everyone else top to bottom, everyone else has had ups and downs struggles. You know, we've had flashes of success from O'Neal. We had, Edmund looked like the best player in baseball for like two months. And now it's like, should he be a, a go back to platooning? You know, there's no one else that has been even close. O'Neill's either been hurt or ineffective. Bader's gone, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yachty was kicking basketballs in, in Puerto <laughs> Rico for two months. Like all of this to say, like the, you know, they are the offense and you, all you need is like, um, uh, like a supporting cast around them, and sure. the Cardinals have a have a great offense. Yeah, well, should we yeah. should we talk about Edmund a little bit real quick? Since you brought it up, I guess I don't know what to say more than like I I hate that you know we, you and I both went into this season saying like I thought there was an eighty percent chance Edmund sort of cratered and became a real role, uh, you know, platoon sort of super utility guy. Um, you know, what we're seeing like Brendan Donovan do. Um, and then I thought, you know, there was this like 20% chance or so that he took a step up and that's what it looked like for the first several months yeah. of the season. I mean, he was leading all of baseball at least for a little while. And I think it was baseball reference war, but, um, uh, and and his total number on war is still really good because of those insane first couple months. But um, at this point, uh, it's been a real struggle. You know, he he's he had that home run. Was it last night? Which was nice. But um, uh, for the most part, it's been, you know, Edmund now is batting ninth a lot and yeah. not looking great when when that happens. And. You know, second base defense is great. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, there's a reason it's one of the lower tiers as far as like positional strength for for defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering, and again, and again, you know, uh, we don't want to overreact too much. Um, even though we did our Tommy Edmund apology uh, episode a, a couple we months did. back or whenever that was, but. Uh, yeah, I do. It does definitely makes me wonder, like, is he kind of who he thought we thought he was? Is he a defensive ace and and maybe a uh, a platoon player, a, a spot starter type guy, a guy that, you know, if we're committing to Paul DeYoung and we're committing to Nolan Gorman, we just talked about the corners are locked down. I think we're pretty happy with uh, what's going on in left field and center field. Um, you know, is is that kind of how it's going to be? Yepes is coming back soon. Uh I, I wonder, um, yeah, that being said, like, like you were just talking about uh, the defensive value should not be ignored. He is, I, I was just looking it up by Fangraphs war. He's the second best defender in baseball period, um, or most valuable at his position, I guess we should say. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I agree with everything you said. I, I just kind of thought it, we should maybe touch on it because that has been Glaring maybe isn't the right word because he's still super steady on defense. And that does go a long yeah. way, especially for the way this team is built. Um, well, and speed doesn't yeah. slump, you know, and right. um, when you get into these really um, important games, playoff or otherwise, like 
you know, you can see a real value in having an Edmund on your team. It's the same reason the Yankees traded for Harrison Bader, right? Like a defensive specialist who is really fast, assuming his foot is okay, like <laughs> yeah. is a powerful piece in a short series. And so like, by no means are we saying like, you know, get Edmund out of there or anything, but like, is he done at least for now as a starter for the team? It, it seems like things are trending in that direction, especially as Gorman, who is having his own rookie struggles, but like the thing he is offering at the plate is just more dynamic than what you're offering at the plate from Edmund. And I'd rather see Gorman work it out as a very young, you know, uh, slugger and, all you know already is uh showing that his power plays at the major league i'd rather see him get those at bats than edmund and i th- i don't think we're alone in this thought i think that's yeah. where a lot of this is going especially yeah with yapez likely uh being back i saw he is um having a few more rehab games he's been he's he's still down in triple a um i think there's talk that maybe saturday he could be back but they're they're really not rushing him which makes sense um yeah yeah i mean you know i hope that edmund turns it around because he's a fun player when he clicks like the the edmund apology episode i mean (laughs) so now this is our edmund apology apology episode (laughs) yeah all right all right. What else? What else uh, before we move on? Um, I guess uh, we saw Montgomery again tonight. The game just ended as we were talking. And uh, I mean, it's the Rockies and it's in Bush, but uh, look great. Yeah. Five and two thirds. I, I think yeah. as advertised, have to be happy with everything we're seeing from him. I am so excited about having him for another year, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's going. I, I hope that he enjoys it, too, because I feel like he's gonna be going from like you know fifth starter in a, on the yankees full of you know all of their studs although they've been having their own problems um to like Shouldn't the savior yeah it's the gallo curse um and now montgomery is like the savior <laughs> you know and looks like one of the better best pitchers on the team I mean, I imagine any player is, is fine, especially a competitor like him, like is fine with taking that on. Yes, I am better than yeah. X, Y, Z, and I don't need to be in Garrett Cole's shadow. And I'm sure that's, I hope that's how he's taking it. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's a, uh, he's from our neck of the woods, you know, hopefully he enjoys that aspect of it too. Get him out of yeah. that big city. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> so the buildings are so tall. Yeah. Yeah, you can get dim sum at 4 a.m. Come on now. <laughs> well, that sounds great. It does sound great, actually. No, yeah. I'm, I'm for that. I, I apologize. Um, You mentioned you wanted to talk about Helsley a little bit. You know, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't really have anything to say other than I just think we need to, We need to kind of sit here and recognize how great Helsley has been right now. Um, by all the, uh, he has been one of the best players on the Cardinals. He has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, he has the highest baseball reference war of anybody on the pitching staff for the St. Louis Cardinals. I, yeah. I just don't know if I've ever seen anything like this watching it. Like I know Zach Britton had a, uh, a God level relief year a few years ago with, uh, Orioles right. before he moved. Um, 
but I've never seen anything like this watching on a daily basis. And uh, I, I just wanted to put that note there because I just think we need to talk about it. And it's it's at the point where he's what's he at? He's 50 innings or so like this is this is Ryan Helsley. Um, yeah. And we know we know he's 49 point 49 two thirds. That was pretty close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we obviously know there's variability on on uh, relief pitchers. Well, but well, this is a season that he's close, together. It's, it's closest without going over, and you said fifty, and he's at oh forty nine and two thirds. So you're going to lose that one. But um, these rules need yeah, to change. It is incredible. Um, I, I, he, he will, he should, and will re- receive Cy Young votes. Now, yeah. I'm not saying he should. He, he won't even be top three because there are some truly incredible starting pitching, uh, starting pitchers happening right now in the NL. Um, but when you get to that down ballot element of the Cy Young, like I don't think you go too far down the list before you start getting to, to Ryan Helsley. And the only other reliever that's even, you know, in that conversation, Edwin Diaz is also having an, in a truly phenomenal year with the, uh, with the Mets. So like, you know, he, I think he's a yeah. little overshadowed by just the the Mets and and the strikeout numbers. Like Helsley's striking out a lot of guys, but you know Edwin Diaz is striking out like almost like fifty yeah. percent of people he faces. Or yeah, something it's like, like that. A, almost twenty per nine or something like that. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So it's being a little overshadowed, but um, yeah, it's a ton of fun. And you know, I know we we all had a lot of a lot of hype for Helsley at different times, but also like. This really does kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, like to I mean, you never project someone to be this good, but like even like 75% as of this good, I never would have thought you'd get from Helsley. And uh and it, it's, it's fun. It's the dominance. Yeah. Like it's the yeah, we've had Cardinals closers or guys at the back of the bullpen where they get the job done. I'm thinking of Trevor Rosenthal, huge stuff, but yeah. he'd give Hicks you a heart attack every was, once in a while. Yeah. 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 And Helsley, yeah, he just comes in and it's done. Yeah, it's fun. Um, you know, it's kind of the inverse of what we were saying uh when we when we spoke with uh with Kyle Reese, how like can you name a starting pitcher that the Cardinals have developed that was like long term good? You yeah. know? And uh it's like, yeah, Adam Wainwright 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> and and but relief. There's some more benefit of small sample size variance and whatever a, a yeah. full season can swing in the direction of a of a of a reliever, but like you know, we've seen that a little bit more with the Cardinals and and but we've never seen it to this degree with Hells or with uh with anyone really. And yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, let's move on. So uh we wanted to touch a little bit on because I think it's just fun for us <laughs> to um talk about the brewers. And, uh, you know, Ben turns out, or at least it seems so far that maybe trading your own possibly hall of fame track closer, uh, at the trade deadline, maybe not the shrewdest in season <laughs> move. Yeah. I don't, it, it, <laughs> it, yes. What a, what a, what a statement to make. Um, first yeah. off brave. Uh, Thank second you. off, yeah, I think you're right on. I think um, we, we talked about the Brewers, and I don't even think I, I w- when we were kind of you know writing this outline, I wasn't thinking this is just like a Brewers dunk session. I was more thinking like 
it's really the only real competition the Cardinals have. It is our our primary focus right now as far as because winning the division is pretty much the only option unless other things happen. Um, and I don't think the Braves are slowing down. The Mets aren't slowing down. The uh, Dodgers are Padres unbelievable. Are, Padres be are getting better. Phillies yeah. look better. Like, yeah, there's a lot of competition for those wild card spots. There is. So I, I mostly I think it's an important time of the year to really focus in on what's going on with the Brew Crew and their offense has just been. I mean, so, so bad. I, it, 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 to the point where it is bewildering, like I don't understand, and I'm not the first person to say this, but I just don't understand what's happened to Christian Yelich. I was, uh, he hit a like 450 foot bomb the other night and I, I caught that replay. So I thought, oh, Hey, maybe he's starting to click. Maybe he's starting to hit the ball back in the air again, which is, you know, if you remember, that was kind of the big change from when he went to Miami to the Brewers is that he always hit that crap out of the ball. He just started being able to lift it. And when you hit the ball really hard and you start to lift it and it goes out of the ballpark, you become an MVP player and one of the best players in baseball. And for him to lose that um, is something that's completely bewildering to me. And he's just he, he has had a couple of fits of, of production this year. But right now he is in a super deep hole. And I just don't see how the team can turn around, even with Corbin Burns, Woodruff, Devin Williams, all these superstar, maybe maybe not in popularity, but in talent level names on their pitching staff. I just don't know how you overcome it when you have Rowdy Telez, who has been solid as your offensive star. Yeah, well, and it's been their problem for a while now, right? Like it's really uh, the 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 starting rotation in the bullpen helps them win over a full season, um, but particularly in any sort of important small uh, um, small series, whether it's playoffs or against like the Cardinals in a in a divisional matchup, like they they are struggling deeply to score runs, and it seems like it's worse now than it's been for a while. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of worst case scenario outcomes for a lot of these guys. Keston Hira, you know, at one point looked like the future, one of the best players in the game and he's been trash. Um, you know, Rowdy Tellez was sort of a scrap heap grab from the blue Jays too. And it looked like, Oh, they got something and it's not like he's been bad. No, uh, but he, it's not, he's not a carry an offense type of guy. There's just nobody in that lineup that is is scary. And if you have any sort of competent starting or bullpen um, pitching, you can mitigate it. And that's what we saw in the the series this weekend. You know, yeah. like the Cardinals struggled on their own to score runs a little bit against some of their best pitching, which is what happens. But for the most part, like these games were not, um, you know, that like the Cardinals just beat them, and it was pretty pretty clear. Yeah, I, um, I, it, it's just really hard to put my finger on. I, I, they, they seem to be trending downward. Now you look at the record; that's not totally true. If you look at their run differential over the past uh, about a month or so, that that's really where you kind of see the the pimples starting to pop up on their their team and and how they're trending. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I, I, yeah, pimples starting to pop up. Yeah, um, I hated it. Well, that's gross. But that's kind of what's happening. Um, and, and you know, Burns has been good, but not like he was last year. Woodruff has been good, but not like he has been the past 
two, three years or so. Yeah. Um, I still really like both of those pitchers. Yeah. Um, and, and, Peralta, and then uh, this, it was hurt for most of the season. Though right. He's back and ramping up. So that could be a good weapon for them. Cause I mean, that one, two, three of Burns, Woodruff, Woodruff and Peralta is obviously, you know, can be elite. And then, but Lauer, who was looking like maybe a future ace for them has also had his own struggle. So it's a rough time for them, but you know, a month ago we were saying all of these things about the Cardinals and now all right. of a sudden, you know, everything feels good for the Cardinals. Um, so things can turn on a dime. They, they are still a good team, but, um, you know, it's, it definitely feels like they're, they're on a downward trajectory rather than an upward one. Yeah. And will Christian Yelich ever turn around? I, I'm, he's only getting older. Like it's a, it, it all started from his back injury. Yeah. And it's just gone downhill from there, which sucks. You know, I I don't like the Brewers, but I always liked Christian Yelich. You know, he seemed like a, a fun player. But yeah, he's been he's been rough for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a very specific memory of him hitting. He had a three home run game against the Cardinals that uh, year that he was MVP. And yeah. uh, I, I hated it. But there is something fun about watching somebody who is just dominant. Yeah. Um, and also I just love the, the skinny lanky guy hitting 40 plus bombs. It's right? just fun. It just uh, never, yeah, he, it was clearly a, um, and maybe this is part of it, but it was clearly a, um, you know, wasn't just like big, strong guy hitting hard. Yeah. It was a, you know, he was clearly like a technical, he had a very distinct approach and was really good at executing it. And yeah. The back injury, maybe it slowed him down. I bet if you dug in, we could find a little bit more like about bat speed or something like that. Um, but we're well, we're yeah. a Cardinal podcast, not a Brewer podcast. Well, I, I, I've I've dug in a little. It's it's launch angle. He's just driving the ball into the ground. He's hitting it hard. Yeah. He's just driving into the ground. And I think that like you ever think like I don't think we think this, but if you ever oh I could I could be out there. I could be out there. Blah blah blah. And no, you know you never you one once of I yeah. <laughs> one of the most talented athletes in the world. And he was able to get under the ball a little bit for a couple of years. And now he just can't, um, yeah. just like illustrating how difficult it is to hit a baseball well and hard and over the wall. Um, it's just crazy. Um, I, and I know I kind of started this little segment off by saying that I don't want to just sit here and dunk on the brewers. I do have this note, uh, since the uh, brewers have traded for Taylor Rogers, he has a 9.64 ERA, which, Classic. uh, well, he was struggling <laughs> with the Padres. Yeah. That's part of why the Padres went and got Hater, um, right. who who would would been kind of struggling a little bit on his own, but still the pedigree was there. You assume he's going to be yeah. good, but yeah, Rogers was not really doing well for the um, for the Padres. You kind I I kind of assumed that trade was more about those other pieces that they got. And I said this before, and I do believe it. Like I do think likely long term, the return that they're going to get from the Hater trade will be a net positive for the team. But uh, it's just very strange for a first place team at that time to to make a uh, a win later move um, like that, you know, so. And, and for them not to trade, like if you would have traded Hater for, I don't know, X offensive player and right. improved your offense and then said Devin Williams we believe that you can take over this role and you're, you're that good, but we're going to go trade from a place of wealth and fix a place of need. That would have made sense to me. 
and I think probably the clubhouse and the and the fan base um, would understand yeah, it's a strange it. move. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I think it was shrewd and it's probably going to work out for them in the long run. But, you know, like we were talking about with Ali's uh, uh, kind of, you know, thought uh, philosophy, like win the game in front of you right now, like focus on the winning the in the year that you're in. Um, obviously don't like completely sell out the future for that. If you, yeah. especially when you're uh, in a market like Milwaukee, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost think they were being too smart there or, or, or too yeah. thoughtful or, or too, too, I don't know. Well, like any trade for a bunch of prospects, like you really can't measure it for several, several years, but it definitely, uh, looks and feels bad for them right now. Um, all right. Well, we we still have a bunch to talk about, so let's uh, let's get off of the Brewers and move back to some some interesting Cardinal talk. But before we do that, uh, we want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, want to support it, want to see it grow, um, consider subscribing at Patreon.com/slash Talking About Birds, where you can uh, become friends with our newest patron. Catechus Finch, thank you so much. We truly appreciate the support. Um, again, that's patreon.com slash talking about birds. Anyone who subscribes gets access to our private Discord server. We call it the Birds Gord. Uh, it's a great tweet, place tweet. to go. <laughs> tweet, tweet. We, it's a great place to go and chat with other Cardinal fans and sort of get away from some of the noise of other platforms that people use for talking about baseball. And uh, we're there all the time talking about you know, whatever is going on, doing maybe sometimes doing some prep for the show. Um, get in there. We're having a great time. It's been slowly growing and it's been a lot of fun. So shout out to our existing patrons as well as the new one. Um, if you uh, can't do that, uh, we would also love it if you would leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps. It really does. Helps us show up in searches and whatnot. And also, it's just nice. We love to read it. It makes us feel good. So Our egos are uh, very fragile. Are very fragile. I need constant reassurance <laughs> that um, I am I am seen. Uh, so Ben, why don't you tell everyone where they can uh, find us online? Yeah, of course you can follow us at talking or sorry at talk about birds on Twitter. Um, as C seventy likes to poke out, that is stupid. Um, you can follow us at, uh, on, oh my goodness. You can follow us on Instagram talking about birds. So Instagram talking about birds, Twitter, talk about birds. Very confusing. It makes uh, sense and, that it's normal. <laughs> and per usual, uh, you can email us any thoughts, questions, musings at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Generally, I like to direct you towards Nate and his personal life. Guy loves pizza. He loves Detroit. He loves, he drove to Detroit just to get a slice. Although I guess there it's a, it's a square in Detroit, isn't it? Yeah. I Nate's think you still call passion. that a slice though. Do you? So if you well, go to I Emo's, don't... if you go to Emo's and you pick up a square, you say, oh, that's what a slice of pizza that was. <laughs> it's the square maybe, beyond compare, my dude. Maybe nobody talks like that, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, I think it's, it's a still piece. a slice, but, but it's, that's a good point. You're a psychopath. See, well, if anyone this has is what an I'm opinion, talking about. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Email <laughs> question Nate. I don't even think he actually likes pizza. I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> Shots fired. My, yeah. Now, now you have to die. So if you have an opinion on whether it's a slice or not, uh, tweet us at talk about birds. <laughs>
<laughs> I think it's a slice. What else okay. are you doing? You're, yeah, I got when really high pitched. Voice gets there. high like that. I believe you less. I think you know that you're wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this sucked. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Some some good news. Some interesting news. Though we've been down this road before, so I'm trying to be. We have. Yes. I'm trying to be calm. I'm trying to be zen. Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously Nathan. optimistic. Yes. Jack Flaherty. Yes. Is progressing in his rehab. <sighs> yes. Is another rehab start coming on Sunday? He does. He looked better in his most recent one, though. Of course, it was against Double A, but still, yeah. better is good. Hey, and, the velo uh, was up. We're we're seeing mid nineties. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's where my concern is 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 centered right now around Jack Flaherty. Right. And uh, you know, we said this before. Uh, it would be. Great to have Jack Flaherty back. Uh, you know, even if he ends up in the bullpen to end the season, like that is valuable. I'd love to have him fill that fifth starter spot and, um, you know, give Dakota Hudson a break. But uh, either way, having uh, an effective Jack Flaherty back will be helpful. Um, so we'll see. I think we kind of leave it at that. We've spent a lot of time this season talking about a guy who has not actually pitched that much for the Cardinals really for quite a while now. So, um, we're, we're definitely monitoring that and that could be a huge yeah. boon to the, to the pitching staff as the, as the season winds down. Yeah. Like I, I think the only thing to really question and, and let's just, you know, kind of talk about this with the assumption that he will come back um, healthy and, and, but, but be limited. Like, right. I, I think the big question is just how is he utilized? Um, and yeah. do the Cardinals have the luxury to kind of have him figure it out in, uh, in the big leagues right now? Because we were just talking about Quintana and Montgomery have, you know, righted the ship. I think there's obvious worry about Dakota Hudson and, and his performance in the starting rotation. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be skipped here in the next go around. Right. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are, are 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 asking for Jake Woodford to get a start. I think that that's really interesting. Um, Jake Woodford sorry? like insulted Mazalak's mom or something. At the, yes. he, he said your bow ties crooked one time to Mazalak, and Mazalak like threw his ascot over his shoulder and said, <laughs> "Well, then then Jake Woodford should just that that should make him want to work that much harder." That's a good point. Yeah. Bootstraps and so on and so forth. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I think like, I, I guess there's, there's, I'm just kind of pontificating about things that aren't going to happen maybe, but what, yeah, I, I guess I just wonder how that's going to be utilized. Um, and I guess, you know, the, the good thing now is that I wouldn't say that the Cardinals absolutely need that to happen to be competitive, but like you said, how much better is that team with, you know, even yeah. if Jack is limited in the bullpen? Well, um, a month ago or two months ago, yeah, two months ago when he first came back, it was like, we need Jack Flaherty back because we need a number three starter, right? <laughs> you know, and now it's a lot better um, to let him work it out either as the fifth starter or as a bullpen arm. Like there's just a lot more space there impacts a lot lower, a lot less of a need. You can skip starts with your fifth starter and you can give him that space and that time. Um, so we'll see. But right now yeah. we're just looking for health. There's talk that this Sunday rehab, if it goes well, his next, start could be in the majors but um you know there was all the controversy about last time it wouldn't surprise me if they they give him another one just to be just to be safe but um, yeah either way you know 
he's he's a fun guy so i hope uh i hope he makes it back soon um the uh mlb.com just released another uh list of top prospects and um Couple new additions for the Cardinals. Yeah. This uh, Cardinal class of prospects just continues to get better and better and more and more hyped. And uh, you know, we saw Alec Burleson added, which is fun and not super surprising. But uh, I think the one that's really the most fun, although I'm not sure if I'm ready to love a pitching prospect again <laughs> just yet. But um, Tink Hints, Martavius yeah. Hints, uh, on the list. Markavian, uh, I believe. Markavian. I say, yeah, Markavian. Okay. Um, he, uh, I mean, it, it, it's obvious when you watch anything that he does, it's incredible. And you can yeah. see why everyone is stoked as hell about him. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, as they say. And uh, yeah. the Cardinals have really been the poster child of that theory. But um, I mean, right he's, now, he's, he, he looks he's great. a baby and he's striking yeah. out almost 16 per nine in the single a, uh, you yeah. have to be excited by that. And I think, yeah, like those numbers are great to talk about, but the eyeball test and seeing that power fastball fly yeah. out of his, well, there's hand, a reason I he's mean, flying up every list. It's, oh yeah. It, Cause he's checking off both the, uh, old school eyeball test. He's got the frame, he's got the delivery, he's got the, like, you know, the, the winning makeup that people look for. And then he also is hitting all of those uh, more advanced metrics that yeah. you know, newer um, you know, prospect uh, evaluators are looking for. Yeah. So everything and is coming together to make him look like you know one of the better pitching prospects in baseball, which is fun. And I think Burleson's about to, he, he's going to be on the top 100 and then be in the major leagues and be off the top 100 in record time here. It's gonna, <laughs> I think yeah. he's going to make this list. I really, it, it would, I, I know I know Corey Dickerson's production has screwed this timeline up that we kind of had in our head. And it's obviously the team is good with when Corey Dickerson hitting the ball. Well, but you know, it's the kids have been so good for the Cardinals this year. You just want to yeah, keep seeing more of it. You know, Brent, yeah. Yeah. See, see what he's yeah, got. I, mean, I want to see that beard in the bigs. I want to see that, <laughs> that sweet left-handed swing in the bigs. I just want, I just want to see it. I want to watch it yeah. every day it's probably the right thing that they're keeping him in the minors and letting him continue to mash and continue to, to get those every day at bats and develop and whatnot. But yeah, it feels like he could have been called up two months ago also. Yeah. And just be the right fielder like now (laughs) and for the rest of the season and maybe next year and beyond, you know? So we'll see, but it's still fun. I mean, you know, these recent draft classes just continue to look phenomenal. And at this point I'm just like, uh, I hope Randy Flores doesn't get a GM job somewhere else. Yeah. Like we need a couple more years of this. Yeah. yeah he and, clearly and, and, knows what he's doing. Graceffo jumped up quite a bit. I think Jordan Walker yeah. jumped up one spot. Well, like, yeah, pretty much all good news. The only one, um, Libertura went down, which I think is yeah. fair. And Ivan, Yvonne Herrera fell off yeah. and he was already fringe 100. Um, and then, you know, a, sort of uncomfortable start at the majors. He's still looking good at triple a, but I'm not surprised that he fell off any sort of catching prospect that, that, you know, their, their, their range will be all over the place. So I'm not too worried about it for the most part. I thought that they, these adjustments made sense and, you know, all all together were good for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. 
man, yeah. uh, really quick, we could move on here in a second, but you know, there's uh, been all the videos of uh, Jordan Walker playing the outfield and he's getting some starts <laughs> in right, left and center. And that yeah. looks pretty good. The, he He's just so big and so athletic <laughs> and he hits the yeah. ball so damn hard. Um, it's just hard not to get so At this excited point, about him. It's yeah. hard not to think that he competes for a starting or at least for a roster spot at spring training next year. Right. I, I, I have to have to imagine he'll kind of get the Gorman treatment. Like we're going to yeah. give you three plus weeks to kind of make us make this decision. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I mean, you know, it, it's just fun to get a, you know, you, you fall in love with the prospect and then you see the videos yeah. and obviously it's the highlights. You're not seeing the, the young kid gaffes that he's, he's probably making, um, and I, I'm sure that's happening, but, uh, man, it's well, just and, fun to be hyped about him. And Hey, from our previous discussion, we don't want it to happen, but if Arenado opts out, it is nice to know you've got, uh, <laughs> Jordan Walker waiting there for you and yeah. Nolan Gorman and Gorman. Yep. Um, we're talking about a, a lot of good things, but let's just you know, close the door on something. TJ McFarlane officially released. We wish him the best of luck. We basically bid him adieu last week, but. It has become official now. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I hope that he uh, bounces back somewhere with someone. Um, So I have nothing to say on that topic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, sorry, TJ. So uh, you've got some sort of a a rundown of some some league news that we want to touch on. Some interesting things have happened this week. Uh, Some pretty notable things, really. So where do you want to start? Yeah, it's it's been a crazy week. I think we start with probably the the biggest thing in baseball since last time we talked. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended for eighty games for PEDs. Uh, unsurprisingly, he came out with one of the dumbest post PED suspension comments I've ever read in my life. Um, take the L, bro. Take the L. Apologize. Yeah. Um, I I and, and I'll tell you, like I understand the the um the desperation or the feeling yeah. that a player might have and why they need to take it and even somebody like Tatis I'm not healing as quickly as I need to I'm not right. doing this I understand that internal pressure I am fine with that that is why we have a system that if you break it you're not kicked out of the game forever there's some leeway you get 80 games and you get 160 and then you're done but it's the bullshit response that you just I think I saw somebody yeah. tweet uh, that was like, uh, it said something to the effect of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but, uh, Hey, Tatis family, we're not all as stupid as you are or something like that. Like these, <laughs> these paper thin yeah. excuses of ringworm and like, what are you now talking it's, about? Uh, he got a haircut that became infected or something like that. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And anytime you see these long emails or long messages from them about, like the substance that they took for one reason. And it just turned out to have a different substance in it. It's like that just, you know, I wanted to believe it when it first came out. I thought like, I, 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 I don't believe this, but I hope that it's true. And then it was like within a couple hours, it was like, Oh, he clearly like Googled the name and found something similar. I I don't even know where he, he came up with this. It's actually one of the worst, worst attempts, at least Avisayel Garcia created a fake website for his, (laughs) um, you know, for his bullshit excuse. Like, yeah, do you think we're not going to check this? It sucks. And I hate it. And it sucks because he is, you know, he's, one of the faces of the game and and i'm empathetic as you are about it like 
I get it. And uh, my argument has actually been that, like, I don't think that the punishment is strong enough for the first time because 80 games isn't that much. And you c- the benefits, if used appropriately and matched with some skill already, like the benefits of steroids, like it makes it worth it. Even if you get yeah. caught, like it makes it worth it. That's there's a reason why these guys do it. And it's even a little weirder with like, Tatis, who's already secured the bag, you know, but they, they're all like insane competitors. So you understand why they do these things. So I actually think that the punishment should be first time is a full season and then second time is, you know, you're done. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. So and, it's just frustrating. I think what you said is right on, but also like, man, of any 80 game span to miss. This is a rough one. You just yeah. got Juan Soto. You're fighting for the division. You're fighting for a wild card. You're destined for the playoffs. Pretty exciting team. Your pitching is pretty healthy. Um, yeah. And they could use a nice offensive button from him. And yeah. Like yeah, I, I mean, said, yeah, I, it, you know, I, I think you're right. And I think, uh, like I said, at the same time, I also think he probably would get more empathy if he was like, hey, here, I was freaking out about this injury recovery and I, I did something I shouldn't have done I made because I was worried yeah. it wasn't going to work. I, I I wanted to be healthy that bad. And I think his team probably would have understood that. I would have understood that more and people wouldn't be yeah. dragging wouldn't him over the coals everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't forgive it, of course, because like it is, you know, the, he should not have done it. So our empathy does not expand to saying like, you know, we approve him having done it. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's that it's that follow up of like, you know, trying to trick everybody with like a really, really stupid excuse just makes you dislike him. Not at, not just as like a competitor and like a, a, um, a, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like a moral high ground sort of standpoint, but also just as like, man, did you really think we weren't going to figure that out? Like where did that, I don't know. It's done. Right. Um, and it's forever yes. going to taint the, the perception of him. And, you know, he might have just I, I who knows what 20 years from now looks like, but he looked like a guy who was going to have a, an incredibly fruitful career with a potential for longstanding accolades and uh, including things like Hall of Fame. And it's crazy that like at 22 or whatever, he might have just ended yeah. that story. I don't you well, know who knows what the, the vibe on those things will be in two decades, but, you know. It, it, it'll always be brought up at the it'll very always, least. It'll yeah, it, always it's like be Ryan there. Braun. Yeah, yeah. Also, a um, guy who made a bunch of stupid <laughs> decisions. <laughs> yeah, did he ever come around and just admit it? I can't remember, but it doesn't. Yeah, because really he had to like call all those season ticket holders and yeah. be like, "Hey, I'm stupid, oh, yes. fucking Ryan Braun. I, uh, yeah. I made a big, I made a big oopsie, and yeah. uh, I got that guy fired, and uh, yeah, it was me, <laughs> yeah." Um, All right, well, let's uh, get on. some more uh, bummer mo- news out of the way. Walker Bueller out for the rest of the season. Um, Dodgers obviously are stacked. Um, I don't even yeah, know if he, they're going to miss a beat, but he's uh, hardly been there this year and they are going to win like 110 games. It's so they stupid. Have 80 wins right now. Yeah. And uh, Dustin, Dustin May is coming back who yeah. looks phenomenal. And it's like, oh no, our ace is broken. <laughs> okay, well, that just gives us a rotation spot for our other yeah. assets coming back. Yeah, stupid Dodgers. Yeah, what was weird about it was that Dave Roberts was saying in an interview earlier this morning that uh, they went in, they cleaned out some bone spurs, it didn't get better. They're going back in because they don't know what else is wrong. So I, I uh, 
just as a, a baseball wish, I hope that they that gets figured out. Walker really yeah. comes back because I think he is so fun to watch when he's healthy. But yeah, yeah. big bummer. Um, I like, you know, he's a Dodger, which I don't like, but he's awesome, which I do like. Um, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, now that's a hot take right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Rangers release their manager and their president of baseball operations. Chris Woodward, the manager, and John Daniels, both gone. Um, I don't I know. Was, I was more surprised about this than I was uh, like Al Avila from, from the Tigers. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why are I they gone? What did you, what were you, did you really think that your offseason moves, which were substantial, were going to beat the Astros? Well, they even going said to beat the Mariners. Like they even said, like these moves are not about 2022. They're about yeah. 2023 and beyond. Like I thought they went into this season uh, with this as a rebuild year. And for the most part, Simeon and Seeger have been pretty good. You know, it's hard to live up to any contract like that. But um, like I at least from my, you know, pretty far outside point of view but you know we're pretty involved in following baseball like i thought the rangers were kind of doing what we expected them to do this year and yeah. they have they're building a core and i thought like you know it's like oh, if they do a, get a couple more guys like they could compete in 2023 which i believe was the plan and you don't see a lot of president of baseball operations getting fired i mean the equivalent no. is john mazalak being fired you right. know um so it, very surprising it, yeah, and I kind of looked at the Seeger and Simeon, like obviously they're a boon to the team right now, but I kind of looked at that as also a recruiting tool. Like, hey, we got two superstars. We believe yeah. in in, you know, Josh Young and some of the other kids coming up. Adolis Garcia is still relevant. Like, come here, hop on this team. We're doing something. Right. Um, so yeah, I agreed. Like, where where did that come from? Um, I you know, hopefully we'll find out more as the weeks go on. But yeah, very surprised by that. Yeah. Um, next thing I want to talk about, uh, the Braves once again, Alex Anthopoulos is better than your GM, um, at retaining elite level young talent. Now this one was surprising that he signed Michael Harris jr. Or sorry, Michael Harris second to an eight year, $72 million deal. This guy's played 60 games in the big leagues. He's 21. He jumped from double a to the bigs. That being said, he's producing, He's a he very, good. very good center fielder and he's yeah. hitting the ball over the wall and stealing bases and all that stuff. But um, I, I think we can talk about the signing a little bit, but I think what's more interesting to me is their ability to lock up Acuna, Albies, um, their ability to lock up uh, Matt Olson, their ability to lock up their uh, third baseman, Austin Riley. Now their mm -hmm. center fielder for the future. Like that to me is impressive. This core is going to be together and you take Kyle Wright, Mike Soroka. Um, I'm, I'm missing, uh, who's the left-handed kid. That's really good. Um, they have another pitcher. That's uh, very talented. Whose name Max Freed, right. Max Freed. I mean, these guys are yeah. going to be together for what, four, five, six years. Some of these guys even longer, seven or eight years with this deal with Michael Harris. Like I, I find it unbelievably impressive. I do wish, you know, to put, through a Cardinals lens, I do wish that um, the Cardinals would maybe think about retaining somebody like Tyler O'Neill at a time like this or Dylan Carlson at a time like this. I, I, yeah. I think it's an interesting tactic and it's obviously you're making a bet. Um, 
but this Michael Harris deal, you're making a $72 million bet over eight years. Like that's obviously that's money fails, to you and I, but that's not yeah. really that much money. That's that could look like an absolute steal in a year, two years. Well, I think part of it is that they're getting to them incredibly early, you know, yeah. like, um, cause once a guy has established himself for a year or more, uh, in the league, they can start to project out their own earnings and sure. going through arbitration and hitting free agency. But when you get a guy who's only played for 60 games and he skipped double a, like he was sleeping in a apartment, you know, furnished by, uh, the the Braves affiliate program like yeah. two and a half months ago. And now he has generational wealth. Yeah. You know, that like if he breaks his leg and it, all of a sudden he, he can't run like he could, or he just doesn't make the long-term adjustments that players need to make in order to be long-term successful. He's got more money than, you know, he will ever need. And yeah. it is life-changing for him and his entire family for and his kids and his kids' kids and his kids' kids. $72 million is an insane amount of money. And it's not <laughs> it that is. much, it's not that much for baseball life, but it is in the real world. He is like mega wealthy now, yep. right? Um, and you can't blame a guy for taking that. And I think it's kind no. of mutually beneficial because if you know, there was that deal like the Astros did a few years ago, I guess uh, Singleton. Five, six years, yeah, where it was like five years. 10 million or something like that. And again, 10 million also an insane amount of money for an individual to just receive, but like it's not 70 million, you know? So like, it's not like he's being offered nothing, you know, it's not like he's getting peanuts. And if you remember the, their first six years are all cost controlled. The first three are going to be league minimum or close to it. And then three years of arbitration. And so you look at a guy like uh Soto who has been in arbitration and he was making 15 to 17 million a year. Um, yeah, like, he'll probably be making mid twenties next year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, they're giving him a good amount of money and they're buying two years of his free agency, which if he truly becomes elite, then yes, you know, he's left some money on the table. He could have made uh 25, maybe 30 million a year, or yeah, I don't know. It's six years from now. It could be like 60 million a year or whatever, but like, He's definitely leaving some money on the table if he gets that high percentile outcome. But I like some people have called these deals exploitive. Um, and maybe you can make that argument for like the Acuna or Albies. But like for this one, I don't know. Like I, if I was Michael Harris the second, I'm signing that the moment they put it in front of me. And I say, okay, I believe in myself. So when I'm 27 or whatever and hit free agency instead of 26 or 28, then I'll get my, you know, $400 million contract and, yeah. and put my fucking earnings into the stratosphere. Yeah. I'm already uber wealthy because I made $72 million when I was 21 years old, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's hard for me, like on that exploitive side of the conversation, it's really hard for me to uh, align with any of that because of the numbers are things that I will never see in my life. And also like they have agents, they have all the tools to make the decisions. And if Ozzy Albies decides that he wants to, uh, secure the bag, the 30 million or whatever now and change his entire family's life. Like you're talking about, it's his right. Um, yeah. And, and is it super beneficial for the Braves when he turns out to be one of the best second baseman in baseball for sure. Um, but his mom and his, his family never have to worry about anything again. And 
Right. You know, depending on where you come from, depending what your priorities are. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to yeah. judge somebody for making that decision. I think it's kind of silly to do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, like the Cardinals have done this a little bit, like Paul DeYoung, you know, got a, got a good yeah, that's contract like a pretty micro, early. micro version of that, but yeah, it is, but it sucked, you know, like we're like, <laughs> Oh, like, you know, a Matt, so like it is a risk on the organization as well. Uh, yeah. you know, the Matt Carpenter extension, two years, $40 yeah. million, like that sucked too. And uh, you'd like to think that those were safer bets than on the 21 year old kid who's never played more than 60 games in the big leagues. You know, I, I would have called the DeYoung extension a safer bet than this one. Yeah. And that wasn't nearly $72 million over eight years. You know, so yeah. well, I, I am, well, I am well, wary. Uh, you know, we, how much have we talked about on this podcast of organizations exploiting the workers? So yeah, if, if you've, if you're newer to the show, we are very pro the players getting paid. We're, we're pro worker. Um, but I just don't totally align with people calling things like this um, exploitive because the, the range of outcomes for Michael Harris, where he would be making more than $72 million over this eight year period of his life is like much smaller than all of the other outcomes where he becomes, yeah. you know, yeah. Where, on, where on he, the, yeah. or, you know, go to going back to the strictly baseball side and we can get off this topic, but like, I I'm, you know, we'll all be kind of watching this. I'm curious to see how these deals look in three, four five years or, you know, are the Braves a team is, is what the Braves are good at is being able to self-evaluate more, more quickly and more efficiently than other teams or is Anthopolis just a madman and he's, he's just kind of shooting from the hip. I will we'll find it out. out. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, I mean, it is a crazy risk. Like Harris looks great right now, but how many 60 games is like Nothing. anyone can look good in a major league player they're the best in the world. Anyone can have an insane 50 games, 60 games, and then completely collapse. You know, he yep. seems projectable. He seems great. And it's, this is probably going to be a good deal for the Braves, but uh, to say it's any sort of sure thing is, you know, just not yep. how, how baseball works, how professional sports work. All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw this video, it was going around earlier this week and we love TLR. That's uh, where my opening risk. joke came from. Yeah. I, I, I thought of it before I saw, you know, <laughs> I, I assumed we were going to talk about this on this, yeah. on this episode. And, and I want to point out that Tony La Russa changed the game of baseball in, in a real way is a hall of fame manager uh, and deserves to be that. Um, I don't know if he is that any longer. Anyways, if you didn't see it, uh, to quick, uh, a quick catch you up on this is Tony Larusa fell asleep at the wheel a little bit. They're in, they, they're, they're dealing with the zombie runner. They have a slow footed player on second <laughs> base whose name I didn't write down. And a fan, a, an entire at bat happens and a fan who is in the green seats at Bush or, you know, the, the, the equal to that, like right up in the front is standing up and screaming at Tony Larusa to swap out that player for Adam Engel, who is a, a very speedy utility outfielder type guy for the, uh, the zombie runner. And obviously that gives you an advantage and, and that's something you could do. It's also a rule or a, a specific that Tony LaRussa failed to do multiple times earlier this year. Anyways, this guy's standing up screaming at the top of his lungs. And then you see Tony LaRussa kind of stumble onto the field. And I mean, he looks, he stumbled out there. It, I, I'm not even trying to editorialize and he kind of holds up his hand. He calls timeout, um, and then eventually swaps out Adam Engel for the uh, for the runner. And um, 
you know, who, yeah. who knows? Who knows if I know the only person that knows if Tony La Russa forgot and then was reminded by that fan with the night seats is Tony La Russa. But man, it certainly looks like look it. It bad. certainly looked wow. like it. It was very funny. Now, and I've never uh, seen anything like that in a baseball yeah. game. I mean, he was shouting it very clear and very direct and in a distance that you would expect Tony La Russa to be able to hear it. And the timing of La Russa making that decision felt very strange. And it's really yes. hard to, to to equate it to anything other than La Russa hearing that and doing it. Yes. Uh, now, that said, you know, La Russa says he didn't hear it and he was yeah. waiting for the, you know, he was really considering, I think it was Eloy Jimenez. He was, he was thinking do I want to get that bat out of the lineup? Is it worth it? Da, da, da. And he had just been sort of dragging his feet on the decision. And he finally made the decision and he had no idea that someone was shouting it. And yeah. to be fair, uh, when you've been a big league manager for 75 years, like Tony La Russa <laughs> has been, you probably don't listen to the crowd, right? No. Like he, he probably completely drones out the crowd. And so yeah. I think it is like fair to say that he might not have heard it, but that is the only thing that I can say that would maybe give you an excuse as to what, because everything else like, yeah, it, I mean, it is, it's, it Watch seems pretty, yeah, Watch, it seems yeah, pretty it's, clear. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't need to add any more to it than that, but yeah, I think I just yeah. wanted to bring that up and Tony, yeah. we love you, but uh, of course. Man, I hope this is your last season. Also your white socks are just taking a, crap i mean the, the guardians are beating them the like they're yeah. they're just they're just nothing yeah. white Sox fans unhappy with tony la Russa, and this these sort of things don't help no um all right well uh we're gonna wrap up but before we do of course we've got uh, a stupid game to play and ben i've got a new one for you oh god so i thought of this on my long drive today all right so um one of the more fun things about the minor leagues is they the absurd team names yes right a lot right. of good a lot of funny team names it's sort of a a thing for the minor leagues is to come up yeah. with like silly names so i have in front of me a list of real minor league team names yeah. And that also includes things like independent ball, basically any sort of team yeah. that is professional that is not in the majors. And I've got team names that I came up with. Okay. And I'm going to say the name and you have to tell yeah. me whether I, it is a real minor league team name or a minor league team name in a game that we're calling Triple A or uh 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 <laughs> oh no <laughs> which oh, I got no. I have to give credit to Molly for helping me come up with that that name. So <laughs> does she want so, credit for that? Well I don't know, but we're here now. So um so oh. it is you have to say, you know, triple yeah. A or or, or real know. or uh uh, 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 uh uh all right. Yeah. All right. Wow. So that's pretty um, good. I didn't have time to make a, a fun intro song for this Next game, time. but um, there, there are like know. a thousand triple A teams. So we, we can play this game for the foreseeable yeah, future. We can just do it forever. And uh, I can just come up with bullshit names like for the rest <laughs> of my life. Uh, right. So if you, so you will say either, you know, 
minor league or triple A or ah uh, yep. uh, uh, And uh, if you get it right, our familiar sound, you will hear the sweet crack of the bat. Uh, and if you get it wrong, you'll get a nice you're out. Yep, I hate it. So, yep. And I want to say right um, now, I feel very confident. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea if this is going to be challenging or not, but it was fun for me. So yeah, that's what it's all about. Yep. All right. Let's get, let's get started. First one. Lansing lug nuts. The lug nuts. Lansing lug nuts. I'm going to go triple A. All right. You got it. The alliteration key to these minor league names. They love it. They love it. All right. Carolina disco turkeys. Oh, come on. <laughs> so are we including, is this independent league? Is this yes. everything? Okay. This is not, every... not just affiliated. Okay. Yeah. Disco turkeys. <laughs> Carolina disco turkeys. Oh, it's so specific that. I'd be shocked if you made it up, but you're also a son of a bitch like that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say, hmm. Ah, ah, ah. You're out. Oh, wow. That really? is a real, that is a real team. Carolina disco, disco turkeys. turkeys. Wow. Yep. Is it All disco right. turkey? Uh, I'll, I'll look it up it's later. Okay. Two words. Disco okay. turkeys. Yeah. All right. Wow. Sarasota salt pigs. Sarasota salt pigs. That's pretty good. I like it. Um, what is a salt pig? I'm guessing, is that some type of colloquialism for some type of water creature? Sarasota's <laughs> by the water. No. Um, I know what a salt pig is, but I'm going to I'm gonna let you keep <laughs> answering. Really? See, a salt pig to me, that sounds like a, something you would call like like a manatee. water bear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say, uh, 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 yeah, I made that one up. I was afraid I gave it away by saying, I know what a salt pig is. That did um, yeah. So a salt pig is, and I play the game um, to win Nate. Of course I'd expect nothing less. Um, we have one. It's like a, uh, instead of having like a salt shaker, you'll have like a <laughs> container with a lid of okay. some sort where you yeah. have salt in it and you can like reach in and, um, you know, apply salt that way with your hand instead of like shaking oh, it. I have a salt yeah. pig. I didn't know it was called that. I don't think they're always called salt pigs, but that is what a salt pig is. All right. The more, you know, yep. I actually learned something today. All right. Corrington crab apples. Never heard of Corrington. Sounds made up by itself. Um, I'm going to say, ah, uh, uh, uh. I made up a city name and <laughs> you did. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's like, I, I know like there's some tiny, tiny cities that have minor league teams. Yep. Uh, Casper County quesadillas. Casper County quesadillas. That's too good not to be real. That better be triple A. I made that one. <laughs> I'd buy the shirt right now. That's good. I, I was pretty happy with Casper County quesadillas. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Sign me up. All right. 
Louisville Village Lose. That's so bad. I don't think you could make that up um, because you maybe would have said that and been like, yeah, this is stupid. So I'm going to go triple A. What? made that one up. What does it even mean? (laughs) It's the Louisville Village Lose. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. I guess I need to lower my bar for you. (laughs) Something we thought was impossible. (laughs) All right. Binghampton Rumble Ponies. I actually know that one is real uh, because I've almost bought their shirt before. So that's a triple A. Rumble yeah. Ponies. So good. Yeah. I thought you might know at least like because you know, some of these have gone kind of viral because of their yeah. name too. Yeah. All right. Portland Tree Dogs. Portland Tree Dogs. I think the I thought, I think they have a minor league team that's very close to that. How does Sea Dogs though? But maybe I'm misremembering. Um, I think you made that one up. I'm gonna go. Ah, uh, I made up the Portland Tree Dogs here. <laughs> there are multiple Portlands though, so I thought you might. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> we just got a couple left. Yeah. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I know that one to be real as well because that also is ridiculous. That is a triple A team. Or uh, it's triple A. Jumbo Shrimp. That's some Jacksonville shit right there. Yep. Last one. Delaware Drop Bears. Delaware Drop Bears. Drop Bears. (laughs) I want this one to be real. Um... Drop bear. What could a drop bear mean to Nate? Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you got me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my sound effects not working. Oh, there we go. That's fine. So, oh, wait. Now I won. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. A drop bear is like a weird Australian like myth that like when you're, <laughs> I think it's Australia, you have to be like, yeah. You have to be wary of the drop bears where you'll be walking and a bear will drop out of the tree on you. Um, Sounds like Australia to me. But I thought Delaware drop bear was a really good, like I should be a namer of baseball teams. Yeah, you should. Um, Well, you got wrong Carolina disco turkeys, (laughs) uh, Casper County quesadillas, Louisville village lose. You got, you got those wrong. Um, Yeah. But the rest you got right. Landing lug nuts, Sarasota salt pigs, Corrington crab apples, uh, Binghampton rumble ponies, Portland tree dogs, Jacksonville jumbo shrimp, and Delaware drop bears. Yeah. You got all correct. So you got seven um, out of ten. It's pretty good. I'm smart. Yeah. Uh, I almost did the Albuquerque isotopes, but then I realized that they are a uh, affiliate of the Rockies. So I figured you would actually yeah. know and that maybe one. one of the most famous AAA teams in baseball because of the Simpsons yeah. of it all. Because of this, yeah, exactly. Um, they actually have so, the Simpsons characters, like big statues around the ballpark. Nice. Did you know that? So, I did not. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that that'll be uh, it for our first edition of. 
triple A or ah ah ah. Wow. And that'll do it for this episode of Talking About Birds. And uh, once again, thank you all for listening and for being with us every week. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dads, tell your moms, tell your grandparents. And uh, uh, we'll be back next week, as always, with another episode on Thursday. And until next week, go Spartans. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs>